Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You're listening to an all-games radio network broadcast of allgames.com. Allgames.com. Hi, this is Normie from Knuckleballer Radio and ZombieCast, and you're listening to one of my favorite shows on the Geeky Antics Network. Don't forget to check out the rest of the gang over at geekyantics.net. Warning, there might be rants and food ahead and possibly inappropriate behavior. Don't tell anybody, though. What's up, guys? Yomar here, a.k.a. Yogizilla. I just have a real quick call to action today. If you want to support the Geeky Answer Network, there's a really simple thing you could do. We'll give you uh, a few links. And all you got to do is click on them, share them, like them. You do all the social media stuff. Ideally, buy something, but it's not required of you. Of course, this is just a way to help our sponsors out and help us uh, pay our bills. And we just humbly ask that you share these links as, as much as you can. No pressure, no pressure. But we would greatly appreciate it. I mean, we get it. Lots of people don't have uh, money these days. Disposable income, what is that? Uh, so donating is not always a thing. But clicking links and sharing stuff on social media, I think everybody could do that. So the links are very simple. They all start with geekyantics.net forward slash whatever, right? So one is geekyantics.net forward slash shiny prints. The other one is geekyantics.net forward slash weddings. And then we have geekyantics.net forward slash Martin Septic. And if you just uh, share those and tell some friends, uh, check them out. See, see what's, what's out over there. And if you like what you see, definitely spread the word. I'm sure you know at least five people that might be at least mildly interested. We'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. You're about to listen to the Timey Wimey Tea Time Podcast, a geekyantics.net and allgames.com production. Find out what everyone's talking about. The Doctor, of course. Doctor Who? Exactly, that Doctor. <laughs> Join us live at www.twitch.tv forward slash geekyantics. That's G-E-E-K-Y-A-N-T-I-C-S. Hang out with us, ask questions, laugh and have at it. We can't wait to hear what's on your minds and hearts. Tiny Whiny Tea Time
me gusta. Greetings and welcome to Timey Wimey Tea Time, where friends gather to talk about all things Doctor Who, sci-fi, fantasy, zombies, creativity, and geekdom as a whole. Before we get into all of that, allow me to introduce myself. In the words of Stan Farina, author, friend, and former co-host, I'm Yomar Lopez, known throughout the interwebs and sometimes the Whoverse as Yogizilla. Friends at IRL call me Yogi. Yep, just plain Yogi. You call me Yogi. I hope we can become friends. I hope that, uh, you see me as a friendly guy. Ooh, and I forgot to change the channel, the channel title. This is not Retro Friday. This is Time Wimey Tea Time episode 43. I'll change that in a second. But, uh, Santa's also been known to say that I'm a gamer, a dreamer, an author of silliness, a disgruntled techie, a wild-eyed entrepreneur, and a fistful of happy emoji constant sunshine. I ride into the battle upon a glittering My Little Pony. Out of my mouth come laughing swords of peppermint and ginger. Above all, I hope that we can become friends as we embark upon a journey through time and space, the human condition, and merriment slash bantering. So what's, what's going on, guys? It's uh, January 9th, 2016. Happy New Year! It's the first show of the year. I'm uh, multitasking here, so I'm going to probably brain fart a little bit. Uh, let's see. So we'll just say this. Today we're going to talk about One Punch Man, Daredevil, and Top Games of 2015. Let's say Video Game Awards for hashtag. Get a little link juice going. And this is a gaming talk show, in part. We are streaming on Twitch. Should probably change that ahead of time, but I say there. We'll keep going. We'll keep running. Anyway, uh, yeah, Happy New Year. You know, uh, it's been a, a time of milestones. You know, Geeky Antics Network is in, uh, year three. By the way, you can visit us at geekyantics.net or look, at us, look us up on Facebook. We have a new voicemail line. I want to make sure I say that at the top of the hour. 646-801-2149. Again, 646-801-2149. You can text us or leave us a message at that line. And we can play it live, or we can read the transcript. Uh, super, super fancy. Catching up with the times. Uh, you know, another thing that's interesting, too, a lot of our hosts, uh, we have over five years of podcasting and or streaming experience, uh, making videos, whatever. We've been doing the content creation stuff. Some, uh, quite a few of us are writers. You know, I'm a, I'm a ghostwriter. I do copyright editing, copywriting. Uh, you know, we, we got a lot of, we wear a lot of different hats. But I tell you, you know, time really does fly by when you're having fun. And we're having fun here on the gang. The gang's having a good old time. That's what we do here at Geeky Antics. We're also on allgames.com. I'm going to repeat that more often because I want to make sure that we give love to our uh, partner networks. I think that's the word, the proper phrase to use. We're not formal partners, but we're partner networks. We're sister networks. Whichever way you want to say it. So, before we... uh. Get into the more banter and uh, the meat and potatoes of the show. Let's look at our intergalactic star map. This is uh, where we kind of just outline what we intend to cover on the show. Intend is uh, the operative word there. And just making sure everything's recording properly, streaming properly. I'm testing a new setup. Looks good, looks good. We're streaming on allgames.com. Everything, no lag. Alright, this is good. So... First up, we have, as always, before we go deeper, uh, and that's been coined thanks to our community. They're like, hey, go deeper, guys, go deeper. So before we go deeper, this is where we just kind of do a little housekeeping, some announcements, 
uh, talk about stuff going over going on over at uh, geekyantics.net throughout our network. Uh, you know some of the haps throughout our community and our sister networks, etc., etc. Then we'll have a creative corner where we're going to talk a little bit about metadata, timestamps, um, and things of the sorts. Uh, oh, I also want to talk about lucid dreaming. Yeah, I meant to write a little bit about that there, so I probably won't have time to do that. I've typed fast, but talking and typing is probably not going to happen. Let's see. Da, 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 da. I hold up. I feel like I'm missing something here. Oh, no, we're good. Um, and we do make the show notes publicly available now. You know, uh, so you guys can see what was talked about on the show. Kind of jump around to the parts you like. It's usually written in chronological order. Um, all right. I said my little blurb about the lucid dreams thing. Touch upon it at least. Maybe next episode we'll get go deeper into it. But I want to say while it's fresh, I'm going to share uh, what I can remember of a dream I had recently. It's pretty off the wall stuff. Um, then we're not going to do who knew. Uh, we'll skip the news today. Keep it a little more open, a little less rigid, a little more freeform, if you will. No Who banter, so there won't be any Doctor Who talk today. Um, again, keeping it fresh. We're not just strictly a, doc- a Doctor Who show. Um, and, the t- and for Tea Time Tidbits, we'll uh, discuss a little bit about Daredevil and One Punch Man. And also my guilty pleasure. Um, it's a, all, all TV stuff. And in the gaming verse, I'll share my top games of 2015. Not necessarily the games that came out in 2015, but games that I played in 2015. Alright. So before we go deeper. Top of the show, we, we like to do a little housekeeping. So here we'll share ways you can support the show, join our community, keep the conversation going, etc., etc. I mean, of course, like I said earlier, we have major announcements, uh, including new Geeky Antics projects and collaborations. So again, reinforcing the messaging... There's a new voicemail slash uh, SMS hotline, so you can leave us a message. Or text us at 646-801-2149 if you're in the U.S. Uh, Outside of the U.S., uh, international calls, 011-646-801-2149. Of course, you can visit us at facebook.com forward slash geekyantics. Or email us a short MP3. MP3, make sure it's MP3 because... Wave files, uh, at PCMs, they're huge, and they don't lend themselves well to uh, to a uh, podcast. So make sure it's an MP3 and you send that. Try to keep it, you know, a minute or, a minute or less. Send that to mail at geekyantics.net. Or that's the general email. If it's for it's for this show specifically, TWTT at geekyantics.net. Our Steam gift exchange is still going. Uh, you know, I've, there hasn't been as much of a response for this. And what little response we've gotten, I, I, I gather that people feel guilty about getting free stuff, especially if it's something they probably won't use. Uh, some folks have just straight up said, you know, give the game to someone else that I actually play it, because my gaming plate's kind of full, or my schedule's kind of tight, so I know I won't get a chance to play it. So we are doing a get, get Steam gift exchange. Um, some of these games will be given as prizes during our shows, depending on what kind of uh, levels of engagement we see. So if you get hyped... We might just randomly do a little giveaway. But otherwise, what we'll do is just, if you're interested in a game that we list there, 
in our Steam Community uh, page. You go to steamcommunity.com forward slash groups forward slash horseplay or just look up horseplay on the Steam app and they can join us. We might drop some codes in there. But better, what we prefer to do is if you're really interested in a particular game, let us know and then we'll, we'll give you that game more than likely. Uh, most of these games are multiplayer games, on- online games, and we'd like to have it g- go to people that we could actually uh, play with, you know, and, and do community stuff with. So, that's our gift exchange. We're keeping the holiday spirit going strong for the foreseeable future. As you can tell, I still have a Christmas kind of theme going here on my overlay. I was about to do webcam today, but I was like, yeah. I know a lot of people won't even come to a channel if there's no webcam, but that's okay. Because the people that need that, that extra white, uh, eye candy or judge based on looks or whatever, they're not our audience. It's the people that look at the overlay and say, hey, what's this about? It's colorful. Oh, they got some like text I can read. I wonder what that's about. Maybe it's discussion topics. Oh, they look like they're talking about a lot of cool stuff. You know, people that read the title. They say, One Punch Man. I love One Punch Man. Daredevil. Ooh, Top Game in 2015. I'd love to be a part of that conversation. Those are the folks we want here at Tea Time. So, uh, speaking of listening to us live or viewing us live, we are live every other Saturday, usually, at uh, allgames.com forward slash live. Join the chat there. It's an IRC chat room. It's pretty cool. A lot of cool people in there. Right now, we have uh, Burr, uh, D Blue Guy, uh, Billy OK, who's got a book. Uh, what's it called? My Friends on Politics, I believe it's called. He's crowdfunding for the next uh, 114 days or so. If he uh, gets 250 pre-orders, it'll be published through the platform. If he gets 750 pre-orders or greater, not only will they get published, but it'll be distributed in actual bookstores and they'll represent them and help him promote the book through the usual social slash marketing channels. That's pretty cool. Fifth Dream is here. Uh, Kazin. Uh, you know, the bots are usually are here as usual. Cambot and Pixelbot. They can be pretty sassy. Right. Zappy's in here. Warham. Warham is here twice. Oh, look at you. You're cool. Got two accounts. Too cool for school, I tell ya. Uh, Doom Play. We got, uh, Derek H, of course. The, the guy that heads up, uh, allgames.com these days. He's the voice and the, I guess the face of all games. But it's still Scott Rubin's baby. And, uh, yeah. Nice little crowd here. I think everybody's still waking up, so it's rather quiet. Uh, heck, I'm still waking up. Uh, of course, you can join us right here on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Geeky Antics, where we have not just Time and Wemmy Tea Time, but we have Horseplay Live. And um, we got Sunday Dose, we got Star Wars Rebels Cast UK, tons of shows, and uh, lots of stuff, uh, lots of st- gameplay streams and fun stuff, community gaming nights. Uh, we call them gang nights. Uh, Quest Gang stands for Geeky Antics Network Global. It's not, it had nothing to do with uh, anything violent. <laughs> Want to get that out there. Uh, so definitely be sure to check out our other shows. You can see our schedule at geekyantics.net for us schedule. Just keep in mind that the other shows on all games, Geeky Antics, you know, Worst Radio Show, all our networks, all our other platforms, they may not be your cup of tea. And uh, there's certainly much more risque stuff out there. Uh, we're also teamed up with the Tangent Bound Network and Musings of a Geek Network, as well as AM Audio Media. You may have mentioned them um, named before. You may have remember. You may remember or recall be them being mentioned before. Wow, English. Um, but uh, make, make sure you uh, Google and Bing them and check out all the stuff they have. Tangent Bound Network has like over a hundred or two hundred podcasts. It's insane. I thought we were huge. I thought All Games was huge, but wow. 
that's a lot of content and they have it split up into different categories which is really neat uh we're gonna be doing a lot more collaboration with them too uh some mashup slash crossover type shows uh, also be sure to check out our sponsors uh give them a like comment share plus one subscribe etc all that stuff you know even if you don't buy stuff all that social stuff helps us keep the lights on and it makes them super happy uh some links here geekyantics.net forward slash tangent bound and geekyantics.net forward slash sponsors to see our, our hall of heroes the friends in the network our clients our sponsors our affiliate offers all that good stuff and as I mentioned before, I'm kind of rebooting uh, TWTT and tweaking some things, shuffling some things around, streamlining a bit. I'm still wondering, uh, I'd like some feedback. Should we do the show after Doctor Who airs in the U.S.? Just at a later time, maybe? Uh, noon doesn't seem to be working anymore. Uh, noon Eastern. And I figured we could catch, capture some of the European crowd, but uh, it's not happening. Saturday's just a tough spot. We'll spot, we'll say Saturday though. It's nice having something. Not that many podcasts on Saturdays, at least uh, during the afternoon. So I kind of like being in that special place. But of course, there might be a reason why there's not many podcasts on Saturdays. Um, so send us your thoughts. TWTT at geekyantics.net. Of course, the Facebook page, facebook.com for us geekyantics. We have forums. I know people don't like using forums as much now, but they are there. And we have some good activity there. Geekyantics.net for such forums. And the text slash voicemail line, 646-801-2149. 646-801-2149. You have Twitter, Geeky Antics. My Twitter is YogiZilla. And, of course, use the hashtag TOTT for searches or when you're talking about the show or anything relevant to our audience. And, you know, we discuss fandoms as a whole, not just Doctor Who or The Walking Dead. Uh, we do some anime. Uh, we love video games. A little bit of everything here at Tea Time. Let's jump right into our creative corner. I see some people jumping into the chat. I'll let them lurk for a bit. <laughs> I won't call them out. But uh, I know people like to lurking on the Twitch. But uh, in our creative corner, what you usually find here is our uh, TWTT word of the day. Our writing slash creative prompts. Inspirational quotes. Uh, introspective thoughts. And just uh, creative tips, you know. Probably put that in the show notes. You know, that covers all the things. So today's TWTT word of the day is a word that really stood out for me. There was a lot of great ones this week, as always. Uh, you know, it's just where, you know, every two weeks, uh, we, we do the show on a, a fortnight. Every fortnight. Uh, there, there were two weeks worth of uh, words to choose from, from the word of the day. And uh, it was it was tough, but this one stood out for me because it struck me as one of those things you might see in a roaring, perhaps a swinging twenties. I think they both those are both proper terms to you know describe the nineteen twenties. And in that kind of setting, you know, where maybe you might see a, a guy wearing a zoot suit and kind of doing a meh, shee kind of thing, you know, meh, copper, shee, Curtis for you, shee. <laughs> I love that time period. Uh. Maybe a reason why I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Agent Carter. It's not 1920s, but it's, uh, what is it, 50s? And it's kind of a similar kind of vibe I get from that era as well. So this word is brought to you by the letter W. And I'm finding typos here in the show notes. It's going to probably get my OCD to kick in. So it's brought to you by the letter W, the Wonder Swan, and the wonderful white wizards who keep questing parties alive during dungeon runs and delves. That's a little reference to the Elder Scrolls Online. 
BTW or basically about any MMO really. Uh, but we were hitting TSO pretty hard, and I remember I remember why I have avoided MMOs for so long because, good lord, they are a time sink. Sink, not time sink, a time sink. <laughs> and I just realized why I said sink because I'm reading just the words of the day, and it, of course it's wingding, and that rhymes with sing. That's how my brain works. My mind wanders quite a bit. So wingding is pronounced just as it's spelled. It's a slang meaning uh, it's an and it's a noun. It means no- a noisy, excited, or exciting rather, celebration or party, or uh, a fit, a, a fit either induced by drugs or feigned. So when you go into a fit, it could be a wingding. I was like, oh man, they're going through quite the wingding, man. See, he's uh here. It is uh, using the quote. Uh, this quote is borrowed from John Irving, the work, The World According to Garp, 1978. The quote is, Garp. Glared at Roberta, R- Roberta Muldoon. I loved her, he said. I'm her only child. Do you mean I can't go to this wingding because I'm a man? Oh, man, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair at all. <laughs> I like that. There you go. I, can go. I can't go to this wingding. It's an exciting celebration or party. I like that celebration or party. A word that, that refers to a party can also be a word referring to, like, raging, essentially. <laughs> So the origin, as I suspected, the rhyming compound wingding is an Americanism from the 1920s. There you go. There you go. Now I'm taking a sip of water. You'd stay hydrated. All right. So a little bit of a creative conundrum today. We've been doing a lot of creative conundrums ever since we kind of revamped our creative corner and brought it back. Uh, So, you know, your conundrum, your challenge might be that you spend tons of time creating your content, putting it out there. You know, I would say most people spend 90%, maybe 100% of the time creating their content, just getting it out there. That's great. You know, in business, they say just ship, right? But it's stuff that's just as, as valuable. We've said this before. If you're a Twitch streamer, um, you know, you, you shouldn't just stream. You should also promote and collaborate and visit other channels, support others, curate content, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So the stuff we do beyond creating the content, getting it out there, that that's just as important, if not more. Uh, you know, we, we content creators tend to get caught up on, on the t- content side. You know, we spend hundreds, if not thousands of hours a month perfecting our content. You know, with video, um, I would love to just, I could totally make really professional videos with uh, cross-fading, um, and at the end, have like a little summary sc- uh, screen where you have other video clips and diff- different things you can click on, you know, and do all these cool special effects, you know, the, the third row, third row type of things, some, I don't know, little overlays or whatever, post-production stuff, you know, of the sort. But that takes a lot of effort. And I'm, and I, I, the reason I try not to do that too much, I want to keep my efforts as grassroots as possible. So it's more approachable. And, you know, some people say that it doesn't look as professional, but I, what I say, that, that frees me up more to do the other stuff that I think is more important, Get, bringing people to your content. You know, because really, by the time we're done creating the content, and if you're a perfectionist, you may overdo it or overthink it, the little steps afterwards, you know, they're forgotten, and we cu- end up cutting some corner, some corners here and there. Wow. <laughs> I can't talk today. I don't know. This, I, I may have to do the show a little later, because I'm not fully... Alert at this time. <laughs> I even got up early today, drank some coffee, walked around a bit. 
Yeah, it's just, uh, I'm a night owl. It's just me. But uh, the, the big takeaway here before we get into the, some tips is that context is just as important, if not more, than content. So think about context. That's what we're talking about here. You know, that people, I think, are aware of this, yet we often glance over it. You know, we, or we just decide it's not as important. You know, it's not important enough to bother with. And I'm guilty of this to myself, you know, between family, project work, community, gaming, you know, putting out the Geek Answers content consistently. You know, trying to get more to a daily schedule with our editorial calendar and whatnot. Um, you know, after doing all that stuff, there's kind of little room to go the extra mile, you know. And a lot of us make the excuse, oh, I'm too busy. I don't have enough time. And really, what that usually is, that, that objection, that pushback, is us making excuses, uh, setting us up, we set up self, ourselves to fail. And, you know, really, when you say that, what you're really saying is this is not enough, important enough for me to make that time. Because there's always some way you can free up that time. That's that's the reality of it. No one's that busy. Otherwise, when the heck would we go, you know, to the bathroom, you know, and do little things we should be doing, showering, you know, cleaning, you know. And then there are some people that don't really do those things uh, on a regular basis, at least. So. I guess that's that says that's something to be that's something to be said about time management, and that's always kind of in the in the you know behind the scenes with and everything we discuss, right? Um, so how do we decide what is worth it, you know, and what's just busy work? You have to draw that line, you know, and say, well, I spend a lot of time doing this, but what is it really doing for me? There's the 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 the, the sad part, unfortunate part about it is that there are things that create value, but they're more long-term value. So you won't get that immediate gratification. So it's a, it's a little rough. It's a little rough. Um, Pacemaker's in the chat here. What's up? Rageinator. Oh, and Cousins just said something. All right, so there's a little activity here in All Games chat. So anyway, um, really that part about drawing the line, that's, that's for another discussion. We could talk about time management and all its facets, you know, left and right. But I can tell you this much. Metadata and SEO is something everyone should consider. I'm going to underline that for those that read the show notes after the show. You know, you can either hire someone like me. I often do more work for others than myself, to be honest. I go the extra mile again and again for our clients and sponsors. Um, but when it comes to me, I kind of I get a little lazy too, so I understand. Or just do the simple little things. There's, you know, there's simple little things you can do to create that context. And now there's a new member of the gang uh, that uh, took some initiative recently. And I'm going to put a little sidebar here. Shout out to Bear1 on YouTube. Now, he doesn't do anything on YouTube, but apparently he enjoyed our videos so much that he left some timestamps in the comments area. And uh, at one point, uh, he commented uh, on Rampage Nights, uh, one of the little hidden gems I discovered in Sound 15, he said, epic boss battle uh, at this time. And uh, boy, was that an epic boss battle. That boss cheated. That's all I'm going to say for now. So thank you for that, Bear One. Really appreciate it. And it just made me realize, you know, I need to do the, I need to go back to these videos and, and the, give them a little more context. Because there's a lot of great stuff there. And uh, we've talked before about repurposing content. So anyway, you know, he put the timestamps in there um, and his favorite videos. He added them to playlists. That's really cool, and it got me thinking that this is one of the simplest opportunities we could all explore with podcasts and videos alike. You know, I can't tell you how many podcasts I listen to that have really short descriptions. Uh, they don't bother with keywords, so uh, 
the chances of someone finding them through a keyword search are, you know, little to none. Um, and then, you know, also seeing Bear One do this reminded me that people are paying attention, even if they are just lurking. Most people will lurk, but eventually they might just say something, and usually when they get to that point, it might be something negative, or they just nicely say, hey, you know, you should really have timestamps here. So, you know, if you do, like, a video, I, I, I usually don't bother chopping up videos into, like, 5 to 15 minute um, segments because it's a lot of extra work and we have a lot of content going out but it's something that is worth doing because people have short attention span so what I do is I put out long plays you know longer videos an hour to two hours to three hours and I can try to give people a general idea of what all is in there but I don't chop it up or put the timestamp that's something I need to get better at because you know it makes stuff more digestible so you know metadata as a whole comes in many flavors and I look at metadata as all the stuff that describes content and provides context, not, not just keywords and categories, though that's a big part of it. Think of it as uh, the gift wrapping for your content. All right, Metadata helps you with uh, discovery and search. Uh, SEO, which is improving relevance and search engine rankings. And uh, there's also a, a competitive intelligence, a corporate intelligence aspect, a brand sentiment piece to SEO, where you're doing searches yourself in the process of you know, improving your relevance, your context, and, and, you know, getting higher in the search rankings, you know, the SEO, the SERPs, the SERPs, the search engine rank pages. Um, you find out more about your brand and what other people are doing and how well you're describing yourself and aligning yourself. Uh, and again, you know, uh, metadata also helps you providing con context and, you know, added glance descriptions uh, or descriptors. So people could just, you know, most people are going to give things a cursory look. They're not going to read everything verbatim or really pay attention. You know, we just had someone that just came in the chat, listened for like five seconds and left. That happens all the time. And that's fine. You know, don't take that personally. It's, you know, I always say, be firm. If you feel, if you're doing something you believe in and the way you want to do it, the way you would like to experience yourself, you know, put yourself in the shoes of your audience, the consumer you're trying to target, you know, to put in marketing terms. And if you really believe in what you're doing, keep doing it that way. Eventually, it will click with people. But there is, there are certain set standards. Like I've, you know, sometimes I don't buy the webcam. People say, well, I'll tell you, the 90% of the time, if it doesn't have a webcam, I'm not going to go to visit that channel. That's fine. But for the few that do come to listen to the message, boom, you got some quality stuff here, something. A little different. I think it's quite different, you know. I'm trying to share that little bit of a niche, you know. Or some people like to say a niche. And they're both perfectly acceptable. Uh, metadata also helps you be with uh, being picked up by syndication curation platforms. If people discover you, they may reblog you. They may share your content. They may uh, favorite it. I can't tell you how many times I, uh, you know, I, I find content that's... Uh, picked up by random sites I never heard of. They share our videos, our blog posts, uh, whatever, our podcasts. And I'm like, hey, cool. I don't buy, it doesn't bother me because that's, that's free advertising. Robbie Hondro in the house. Robbie Hondro from The Worst Radio Show. You guys hear me talk about these guys all the time. Um, go visit them, twitch.tv for The Worst Radio Show. They got a bunch of podcasts themselves, and they're part of the the gang, the Geek Antics Network. Um, they got the Destiny uh, Podcast Infinity. That's the Destiny Podcast. Of course, the flagship show, the worst radio show, and they also sometimes do the Dark Zone podcast for the division, which I think they're working into Podcast Infinity now, consolidating a bit. Um, 
So yeah, make sure you go visit them. Though now the West Radio Show channel, if I'm not mistaken, is being used to host their individual streamers, the stream team members. Uh, folks like Robbie Hondro, K Magic 101, uh, PDX Jr., uh, Chef Wayne Face. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting some people. Eh, I just said that, Robbie. You're going to use it to host your channels. Ah, see, got it. Nailed it. I'm on top of things, man. I pay attention to all our team members. I'm on top of it, bro. But yeah, I am flying solo today. I think it's going to be an ongoing thing. Because uh, it's just, I have to change the time. Or I might have to send some feelers out and get some uh, reliable co-hosts. You might hear my cat in the background singing. She's very chatty today. I think she's in the heat. We gotta get her fixed. That, or does it, the, since she spazzes out when she sees an owl in the backyard, or this other cat that's trying to, like, get her attention, and it freaks her out, she just freaks out, like, meow, man, she's trying to let me know that there's something out there. It's pretty funny. I love animals. I'm a big animal guy. Uh, what else is, what, what else is getting, uh, metadata good for us? So, you know, it helps you organize, filter, and navigate your content better. Think about that user experience. The easier it is for people to find things and identify things, the better it is for for you because your content not only will be out there, but it will have long-lasting value. Last but not least uh, is double-checking quality. And this the last one is huge because I think we should all be re-watching, re-reading, and re-listening to our content. Or if you're doing game design, replaying. Really, you know, stress-testing and double-checking and proofreading kind of, so to speak, the, the, the work that we do. Now, you don't have to do it immediately, but um, it's something you should do. In fact, it might be better to look at your most popular content and your, and your personal favorites, stuff that you really want to get out there and, and spread to more people. You, know, you know, might have a powerful message or a little-known game you want to share and you did a review or an app that you love and you did a review for it. Now, there's all kinds of things we want to get out there. You know, may have a guide. You know, we have a bunch of Twitch guides and people love them. And, you know, it's something where you go, oh, this is people respond to, so I really want more people to hear this message or experience this content. So, you know, you refresh it with some metadata, so it, it keeps it more evergreen, you know, long, that long-lasting value. And, again, we always talk about repurposing and refreshing content because if you keep your site fresh, if you keep your content fresh, people will keep finding it, will keep coming up in searches, and it'll keep becoming parts of uh, conversations. Now, you know... Um, we put out tons of content throughout our network. I mean, the worst radio show, they're doing streams daily. Uh, they're doing tons of podcasts, uh, community uh, gaming and community chats. And and they're just a group of within, you know, the Giganta network. And we have other people doing the same thing. So there's tons of content out there. It could be overwhelming. And I, overall, we don't always cross, you know, dot our I's or cross our T's, you know. But now I'm thinking... Me personally, I'm definitely going to dedicate at least one day a week to going back to older content and finding ways to update it, you know, uh, highlighting our best content, creating little spotlights, you know, adding tags, uh, choosing categories, creating backlinks, embedding the content. Um, if you look at analytics on YouTube, for example, it'll show you how, where, how people find your content mostly, and you'd be surprised how many people find it through embedded, um, like, imp like portals. Uh, there's a lot of portal sites out there. You'd be surprised uh, that it's embedded random content based on keyword searches and then that's that's generating more traffic more views for you getting those metrics up son you know there's just so many ways to repurpose the content you know and um you know you know i i, I hear a podcast or i watch a video from our team that i love uh, you know i'll uh create a blog post about it share my thoughts on it or invite some of our writers to do the same 
you know, and I, and I, and that's something I want to get the rest of our team doing more of that cross promotion because once you start integrating things and going across uh, your points of presence, you know, your main website, your main channel, you know, that's when you really start doing a lot with your content and it really just it, it gets some wings, not not legs. You get you give it wings, um, and all these little things they they you know when you repurpose the content, you refresh it. It creates more opportunities to provide that, that better context and make your content more digestible, easy to find, and relevant. So don't just set it and forget it. That's, that's another takeaway. Don't just set it and forget it. I'm going to boldface that. And again, our show notes will be available. The link to the show notes on Google Drive will be available in the uh, podcast description. So you, you'll be able to see that on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Um, I should put that on YouTube too. I think I've been doing that. Uh, you know, every blog post, book, video game, mobile app, podcast episode, stream highlight, Facebook post, everything creates an opportunity to be evergreen and to drive value exponentially because you, the more you do it, the, the more value, you know, it's not a one-to-one ratio, you know, you, you do little, those little things that make that each piece of content just boom. So, you know, that one piece of quality content could be a conversation starter and a new visitor, fan, friend, whatever you want to call them kind of entry point for years to come you know do not undervalue your content that's your baby so nurture it and you you know you could always revisit your content and just give it the love it rightfully deserves and you should you really should now some shameless plugs uh if you don't you know have the time or you really if you don't feel you don't have the time or just don't want to learn the ins and outs of content marketing seo inbound marketing promotions you know etc etc we can help you uh, go to geekyantics.net for such services. My personal blog, which I don't update as much now, but it tells you some of the services I offer, yogizilla.wordpress.com. Or email me, yomar at geekyantics.net, and I could point you to the right person that can help you out if it's not me. So one last piece here for our creative corner. I want to talk about dreams, particularly lucid dreams. And I think it's something really fascinating because for those of us that still have dreams at our older age, um, it's something really you should value. Uh, dreams are a way for our subconscious to to you know speak to us, and I feel it. If if, if you don't, you know, some people might think that it's our, we have out of body experiences or we go to alternate dimension. Hey, I'll buy that, sure. But in a more down, more grounded view, you know, I think it's our creative urges, our yearnings, our inner people talking to us and that's kind of neat because i tell you i have some of the most wild dreams and people say when i describe them with people you know i describe them to people they're like huh what were, were you high or or drunk like what were you watching something crazy before you went to bed and usually the answer is no so on all counts surprisingly i just have her I'm, I'm a lucid dreamer and i think it's something that's important like if you can get into the habit of trying to remember your dreams, Keep maybe keep a dream journal or write them down. That's something I need to do more of. Keep that journal near your bed. And when you get up first thing, just write it down. You know, and sharing dreams, sharing them with others. You know, you may not want to share them publicly, but share them with, depending on your comfort level, but share them with friends you trust. You know, someone to give you a, a hard time, you don't feel bad about it. Because uh, what that does, that gets you into the, into the habit of storytelling you know, when you can take something that's usually pretty abstract and kind of out of sorts, disconnected, 
and put it into a cohesive story is a really good practice for for content creation, especially if you're a writer. Um, my last dream, and my cat's like trying to give me attention. Come on, come on, baby girl. What's up? What you need? <laughs> you want to go on my lap? I think someone just came to our house and uh, she's like wants to go out there and greet them. Maybe I'll open the door for her in a little bit. She's in the man cave here with me. This the studio, quote unquote. Um, so my last dream was very interesting. Let's see if I can remember it now, off the top of my head. It involved, it involves a, a very awkward, like high school and elementary school reunion. Somehow they were combined together. I was in a giant table, a giant table, with quite a few people. I really, honestly, I didn't get along with everyone. People I really don't care for because I think they're inauthentic. Selfish, perhaps pompous or pretentious. And uh, it was just awkward, so I, I ran away from it. Apparently, I was very successful. I was just rolling in the money. But I, I could tell that in in that kind of movie, that cinematic thing, I was unhappy or feeling unfulfilled. You know, so I just decided I had to get out of there. And I ran off, and then I was trying to call for a helicopter to extract me. And then somehow I just kept walk, walking really fast, and I ended up in a in a an event space. They started building around me very rapidly with tents and like uh, bleachers and stuff. And it was it was like some kind of weird Sea World thing where they had wool, swimming wolves wearing missile launchers <laughs> and lots of dolphins and some other shenanigans. And another and then every time a helicopter came down, I thought it was mine. It ended up being some like hip hop artist uh, that was coming down to join the event, and I'm like, "Where's my helicopter?" It was it was very strange. I, what does the dream really saying? Let me go tend to my cat because she's freaking out over here. Okay, kitty cat. Go ahead. Okay, kitty cat. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Such a brat, like everyone else in my family. Love him to death, but good lord, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die in a few years. It's been good annoying you guys. That's probably not the best to joke about. I'm being silly. Anywho, uh, so you know, sometimes when you look at these dreams, maybe not try to decipher them, but I like to see what kind of context, what it, what it tells me from a storytelling perspective, and just from like my uh, psyche, kind of, you know, my id or my ego, if you will. Um, there's, there's some interesting insight there. I think what it says is that I'm tired of fake people, and my 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 my, my mind, I'm like finally saying, you know what, I'm not gonna make time. For people that hold me back and just knock the wind out of my sails. And that's definitely something I feel. I notice that I'm spending more time with people that I feel are, are real. And I think that's an important thing. There's a lot of toxic people in the world, you know. And sometimes you just got to get out of there. Just run and get to a safe place. <laughs> but I think on the flip side, it, it, it could it, the dream could be telling me you know sometimes there's other ways to get away from those things not necessarily you know getting extracted <laughs> with a helicopter <laughs> but that's fun fun stuff I hope you uh, enjoyed that insight it's a little intimate uh, sharing there I see Tiger Claw in the chat what's up bro uh, but yeah dreams they're, they're very powerful things and uh, maybe we'll make that a consistent thing where we'll share our dreams hopefully we'll get some uh, chat interaction there it, uh, it gets you out of your comfort zone when you share dreams. It's such a personal thing, right? I think it's a good exercise uh, all around. Not just for creative spirit. I think psychologically, emotionally, when you speak your emotions and your thoughts out loud, 
it's very freeing. Like right now, I already feel like a burden lifted off of me. Like, hey, I'm glad I shared that. I'm glad I'm getting that out there. You know, show your warts. That's a big part, I think, of, of modern marketing, especially if you're really big online, social media. If you want to uh, create a brand that's approachable, if you just want to make friends, show your warts. Because at the end of the day, the people that see your flaws and embrace them, those are the people that are going to be worth your time anyway. So it's time for Tea Time Tidbits. And uh, a little quick word of warning here. My recommendations here, for the most part, are not safe for work and not safe for kids. Uh, and I would say uh, these recommendations are for teens and up. I know we have a pretty wide range of ages in our audience. Uh, we we gate our Twitch channel, so only mature. You know, it says mature audiences only, but people still click through and when they're underage. You know, so parental guidance is definitely suggested. And I'll leave that out to you, responsible parents out there, to decide what's appropriate for your kids or not. So, you know, lately I've been back into heavy content creation, uh, development work, you know, client services, and of course, gaming. But I have squeezed in some TV, and I got uh, three series to share today. Three of them. So let me prep with a little water swig here. Boom. Alright, <clears throat> now I'm properly uh, lubricated to speak more. It's tough when you don't have a co-host, because uh, doing a solo show, it's rough. I'm doing this live, this is uncut. Chances are, no matter where you're listening to this or viewing this, if you're on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, which is also available on Xbox now, woohoo! Uh, Player FM, uh, I think a couple of the main bases. You know, chances are that you're listening to an uncut version, so all the pauses, mistakes, everything is in there. This is me live. Live. And I've been doing this for a long time, but it never, never gets completely easy. There's always, you always have to kind of remind yourself of certain things, like, not messing with stuff on your desk, not fidgeting too much, maintaining a proper position from the microphone, etc., etc. Anywho, my first pick is Daredevil, which is a Netflix original series. It coming out with season two this year, you know, and uh, it's got a special place in, in my heart because Hell's Kitchen, I don't know if you guys know this, is where I spent most of my life, you know. I grew up in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, technically, I grew up in South Clinton, which is right on the border of Hell's Kitchen, but it was considered by, to be Hell's Kitchen. We had a Hell's Kitchen Chinese restaurant, for Pete's sake. Um, a lot of, like, the mobster movies and things of the sort were filmed there, too. So I was there when that stuff happened. It was neat seeing the filming of, of certain things, um, running into actors and whatnot. But, you know, I'll tell you the truth. I wasn't always a huge Daredevil fan. I think a big part of that was because I had some friends that were huge Daredevil fans, and they kind of killed it for me. I always liked I always disliked things being overhyped. I guess I'm a hipster in that aspect. Because uh, a lot of times people hype things up. It's never as good as what they paint it out to be. Like your imagination takes it to a different place. And your expectations can't be met at that point. And if you have a very vivid imagination like I do, you try to scale back your expectations, but by then it's too late. Honestly, for the like kind of gritty... City kind of settings, you know, particularly Hell's Kitchen. I prefer Electra or The Punisher, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, and the Ben Affleck movie, I think, kind of killed Daredevil for a bit, too. Uh, but this series, I'm going to tell you, this series has made me a believer through and through. The Spartan Show in the house. What's up, Mike? Just in time for a little TV talk. Chime in. Let me know if you've been watching many of this. You know, the Daredevil is just, it's it's gritty, it's action-packed, and it's well-written. Uh... 
the dialogue in, in, on the show, the, the, the story points, the development of the plot and the characters, it's well written. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, they did a fantastic job with the casting. Uh, I'm particularly thrilled with the actor who plays Matt Murdock, uh, Charlie Cox. He's great. And I love Karen Page, uh, the girl who plays Karen Page, uh, Deborah Ann Hall. She's uh, from True Blood. Um, she's great. She kind of reminds me of like a lesser-known Scarlett Johansson. I don't know for some reason they, they look similar to me. She's very pretty, very, very pretty. I'm also a huge fan of Rosario Dawson. Uh, I think she got her start on Kids, right? She was on Clerks 2 and some other stuff. Uh, what was the Alexander, the Alexander the Great movie? Uh, or was it Troy? I forget now. She's been on a bunch of stuff, though. And I always like her. I think she's a great actress. And she's also easy on eyes, I gotta say. Um, I hope she doesn't get killed off because they seem to be foreshadowing that quite a bit. By the way, there might be a little, a little bit of spoilers, some light spoilers. Maybe. There's other great actors on this show. I mean, again, great casting. They got uh, Elder Henson, who plays Foggy Nelson. I love that guy. He's a great supporting actor. Uh, Vondi Curtis Hall, who plays Ben, the reporter. Um, Scott Glenn, who uh, plays the... What I would say is the Western version of Zatoichi, the blind swordsman. He does that quite well. Quite well. He just kicks butt. He's, he's the old man that kick, kicks butt. Um, and that's, that's always a nice little trope. I like that, though. You know, because people don't always expect a blind person or a cripple or an old person to be tough. And when they are, it's like, hey, that's pretty sweet. That's pretty badass, you know. We can say ass. That's a donkey. Ah, Tiger Claws uh, listening to the show and watching uh, Awesome Games Done Quick at the same time. This is the final weekend of Awesome Games Done Quick. I haven't really catched it that much this uh, this this year. It's been a busy time for us on the network. But I do love Awesome Games Done, done Quick. Make sure you check out AGDQ. I heard it did a Paper Mario speed run. It's crazy. So, yeah, that also explains uh, the, 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 the lesser than usual uh, live uh, participation. Because you know, it's hard to compete with Awesome Games Done Quick. They're awesome. Even if you're not interest, interested in speedrunning yourself, uh, they're playing a lot of cool games. And they t- tend to be retro, so that's thumbs up right there. Uh, who else do they have? They have Peter Shinkoda, who plays Nobu. And a soon-to-come fellow Georgian. He has a Georgia local. Uh, someone that you may know as Shane from The Walking Dead. Um, John Bernthal. And, you know, Walking Dead, one of the other shows we talk a lot about. And he played that jerk face, uh, Shane. I wasn't a fan of him, but I'm I, I'm excited to see him play Frank Castle and be a good guy for once. Uh, the, you know, Frank Castle, the Punisher. Come on, folks. Oh yeah, they also have. I almost forgot one of the main. Almost forgot one of the main characters. Good lord, that creepy, oddball dude, Vincent D'Onofrio. I believe that's pronounced his name. He plays Wilson Fisk, aka the Kingpin. He's fantastic at the as the role. Um, but interestingly enough, he has not become the Kingpin just yet. Spoilers. Now, I do feel at times that the voice and body language is a bit overdone. Like, I think he succumbs to overacting. Maybe it's just me. But that's kind of what he does. It's kind of his signature thing. Like, he kind of talks with this, Hey, yeah, so, hey we've got to get him. Yeah, we've got to get him. It's like, almost like a Christian Bale Batman type of thing. <laughs> but it works. It works. Overall, this show, I was not expecting much. People hyped it up left and right. I'm a big fan of Marvel. And ever since they've done this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe and rebooted everything, started off fresh, I've been a fan of everything. I can't think of any stinkers they've had. 
but I still wasn't sure Daredevil would be my thing. But Daredevil was so good, it almost made me miss living in New York City. And I do miss New York City. But it's just, living there is for the birds. It's too expensive. It's too crowded. I'm too finicky these days to be dealing with large crowds and overpaying for everything. Oh, you want a cup of coffee? $10. What? What's in this coffee? You know, if you're a smoker, good lord, I think a pack of cigarettes is up to $15 a pack. That's insane. There's no better reason to quit than that, you know? <laughs> and vaping doesn't quite do it, I hate to tell you. It's cool, I do it, but not quite the same. Yeah. But, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. But New York City, I'll tell you one thing. It's, it's a good place to spend at least some of your years. The experience there is just crazy. Like, the city truly does never never sleeps. Uh, there's always something to do. Anytime you want to buy something or eat something, there's a, there's a place open. It's just crazy, and... They do have a lot of selection with food, and I'm a big foodie, so that that's one aspect I miss a lot. Go, f- <laughs> that's the convenience of walking anywhere and the convenience of having many options for food. Fantastic. The rest of it, nah, not so much. Uh, now, so we talk about Daredevil. Did I skip ahead? No, I didn't. I have a guilty pleasure. This is a TV series. It's a CBS show, and it's not The Big Bang Theory. Um. Now, the fact is that, you know, the Big Bang Theory is great, but it's gone mainstream. And I feel like they got so mainstream that it's almost not the same show anymore. Like, I, they've done it so they could draw new view- viewers and make more money, you know. And, and apparently, the, I guess the geeky, nerdy references, you know, are off-putting to those that are not in the know. I get it. Sometimes we nerds and geeks could be a little elitist, perhaps exclusive, perhaps condescending. So, Two Broke Girls is my guilty pleasure. It comes to us from the creators of Sex and the City, if I'm not mistaken. And it's a winner because I love and relate to Max, one of the main characters. I I, I love her. uh, I I relate to her on so many levels. She's honest and authentic, almost to a fault. And she is broken living in NYC. I've been there before. I've I've made a six-figure income in NYC, and I've also been broke and living in NYC. And, um... They're surprisingly different. The only difference is how much money you spend and what you eat. <laughs> Your lifestyle changes a little bit, but being broken in NYC is not fun. I think my cat wants back in here now. She can't make up her mind. What? What's going on? Okay. Make up your mind, girly. <laughs> She's freaking clawing at the door to get in. Come on, ma. Sit on my lap. I'll love on you. I'll love on you, and we can be best friends forever. Okay? All right, I got. I'm I'm podcasting with a cat on my lap, and I'm rubbing on her. Oh, she's giving me little kisses. Thank you for that. All right, baby girl. So, you know, the, the struggle and 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 New York City is real. Uh, you know, it's it's one of the most expensive places to live. I would say most parts of California, Connecticut, New York, really expensive places to live. Maybe uh, Washington D.C. as well. I would I would put up there. Probably the most expensive places to live uh, as far as states go. Um, and New York City is kind of like its own state. <laughs> They've been talking about separating New York City and making it its own state. That's crazy. So the struggle is real, and in some aspects, this is one of the most real, last, realistic, most grounded sitcoms out there. Even with the off-the-wall humor and you know the stuff that happens. My only gripe is that the show is a bit dated in terms of the depiction of New York City life. But that's probably what I like about it. Because it reminds me of what life used to be like in New York City before it kind of went down the gutter. And I'm glad that's part of the big reason 
we moved out of New York. Um, you know, maybe a decade ago, maybe two decades ago, better yet, it would have been accurate. Because Williamsburg is no longer a hipster bastion, I hate to tell you, because the wealthy are taking over there. The more, gentr- the more gentrified neighborhoods become, more populated become, the more the wealthy start moving in there and then pushing out the hipsters, the artists, and whatnot. You know, and it, and, and then it makes it because it becomes more expensive. I can't fathom how Max and Caroline, two broke girls from the show, I can't fathom how they can afford to pay rent. Maybe I'm overanalyzing because it's a sitcom. It's not really supposed to be realistic, but just, I'm just, just thought about it. Like, even if you combine their tips and their business income, right? So I'm spoiling it if you haven't gotten it that far in the show. Um, yeah, they do that early on. The whole thing is that they're waitresses and they end up starting their cupcake business and they have a lot of issues with it, a lot of struggles, and it's it's really fun. You got to watch it. it. It keeps a running count of how much money they've earned along the way. It's, it's really cool. Um, it's just, you know... Rent in New York City was averaging around fourteen hundred to two thousand a month when I was renting there. And if you want, and the closer you want to live in the inner city, the more it costs you. Trust me, I know firsthand. I, I can only imagine how absurd it is now. I've heard some numbers, and I'm like, yeah, you could uh, pay a mortgage and two car payments and create a massive nest egg with the amount of money you'd be paying in rent in New York City if you're doing it by yourself. And really, the only way to live in New York City these days is to be have a really good job or have tons of roommates. And I say tons because if you just have one roommate and he's not reliable and he moves out on you, which has happened to me before, you'll be stuck with a lot of bills. Yep. Good times. Um, so th- back to the ca- – let's talk about the cast and Two Broke Girls. They got Matthew Moy, who plays Han Lee, Jonathan Kite as Oleg. I think they're really great um, at rounding out the cast. Uh, they provide some of the good gags and uh, fun times here. Oh, wait, there's something to chat here. Tyreclaw says, uh, I'm drinking coffee with cream right now. And he says, I got to give props to Daredevil. If it wasn't for that comic, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would not have existed. Yeah, it's true. That's another reason I like Ninja Turtles, because it has that New York City vibe. And, you know, as much as I don't like where New York City went, where it's headed... You know, I, it still has a special place in my heart. And it it is, it has, it's a good reason. It is considered the capital of the world. It's an amazing place to be. It's an amazing experience to have. There's nothing like like it. And I've lived in many different places. Uh, I've, I've traveled a lot and lived in places temporarily due to contract jobs. I spent time in San Diego. And that was great. But it was no New York City. But anyway, uh, who else do we have? What's the... So, you know, uh, we have uh, Kat Dennings as Max. She's easy on the eyes, and she really delivers those zingers, I tell you. She's very believable as Max. I think that character might be a good indication of who she is naturally like a, in real life. She's very believable. We had uh, Eric Andre uh, do a brief um, stint. He's the guy that did that crazy comedy show where he just did all kinds of insane stuff like jump like uh he would like body slam tables and run through walls <laughs> it's pretty crazy but he would, he's kind of like a modern tom green and uh he's a good guy and he has this crazy afro which is also fun but he was hilarious as the the character deke uh his short was kind of run but you know it's to be expected because max is a free spirit and i don't see her settling time Settling any, any, you know, settling down anytime soon because that's New York City life for you. It's like, why settle down? I have the whole world at my fingertips. If you're living in New York City, might as well take advantage of it, right? 
But uh, yeah, Deke was a very lovable character, and I related I related to him quite a bit. So I like him. I, I wish he was still on the show, but I see why it didn't last. We have Garrett Morris as Earl. He's fantastic. I wish there was more of him. Uh, I, I do feel like they do kind of, you know, have him as just the token black guy. Uh, so I have to say, too, there's a lot of pretty people on, on this show. And you would almost think it's a CW show, but no, it's a CBS show. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about Jennifer Coolidge as the Polish character Sophie Kaczynski. At first, I enjoyed her, but I think she's kind of went wearing down I like she's wearing me out I, I think she's overstayed her welcome um because now like they do this thing with the laugh track every time she enters a scene for the first time and the audience applause and it makes uh, you know it makes us want to feel that she's great but then i'm like no she really isn't that great i think it's not as funny anymore i don't know i don't know maybe it's me but i, I do think they need to introduce some new cast members to keep things fresh to keep this going and the show has drawn a lot of uh, criticism. I can see why. Now, I, I reiterate this is a uh, guilty pleasure. And as most sitcoms tend to be, uh, Two Broke Girls is very formulaic. Very formulaic. Uh, each episode is pretty much a combination of the following. Max is being very forward with a guy or a customer. You know, uh, or she makes some sexual comments. Uh, Caroline, her friend. You know, act like a rich, spoiled brat because she is. Uh, Han Han is speaking in broken English or English. You know, I'm updating the show notes as we do this too, because so when you read, you get the full experience. Uh, you got Earl delivering a one-liner, then disappearing for the rest of the show for the most part. Uh, inappropriate comments from Oleg, and at least one reference to genital or bus size on the show. You know, and it's fine. You might say it's toilet humor. Some people may say, "Oh, it's not. Very, it's very lowbrow. It's not very refined comedy." Uh, you know, it's 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 a fun kind of. I don't want to say turn off your brain, but just kind of sit back and accept it for what it is. Um, I do think it's a little silly that people are upset with the Asian stereotyping, because really, I've said this many times: comedy is not meant to be polite. I mean, come on, I mean, we can't survive on knock knock jokes alone, and. To be honest, stereotypes exist for a reason. So in a comedy, if they play up a stereotype, it's because that stereotype is grounded in some reality. You know, when they overdo it, then it's bad. But I don't think they're overdoing it with him. I have met people like Han, um, and he's and he's great because he he he's been getting back. They've been making his character more independent, and he gets back at the characters when they uh they get at him. You know, when they uh zing him, they're like, oh yeah, okay, we'll take this. There's an article on uh, LA Times, uh, LA Times, LA Times.com about how uh, Matthew Moy got on the show and how people are kind of desperately outcrying about the stereotype stereotypes on the show. I haven't heard anything about Earl, but they're complaining about Han. Well, uh, of course, as much as I'm enjoying the show, it's it's a show I watch one or two episodes and then go on to the rest of my day. You know, they're, it's a half-hour show, so... Take out the commercials about 24 minutes, 23 minutes, whatever, 22 minutes. I don't know what it is anymore on regular TV. And it's a great treat. I enjoy it. But, of course, it turns out that the show may be on its final run after around five seasons. But at least it didn't get the Firefly treatment, you know. So does that. Uh, Inquisitor.com has uh, good write-ups about canceled TV shows, shows that may be canceled, and bubble shows. 
It turns out that Bones, Castle, and Scream Queens are also on the bubble for next season, for this year, 2016. Kind of scary. Bones, Bones, like I understand, it had a long run, and you can only do the same formula for so long before it gets stale. And I think they need more Zoe. More Zoe instead of her sister. I mean, they're both pretty. The Deschanel sisters are both, both pretty, but get some more Zoe in there. Zoe Deschanel, and you'll be good. Uh, Castle is a show I do like revisiting. I haven't really watched, checked out too much Scream Queens, but I love, I'm partial to Castle, even though it's a little formulaic, it's a little bit too much cop drama for me, my taste, and there's too much of that already out there. But I do love the fact that it has Nathan Fillion, and he's playing the role of an author, and I love that man. I gotta say, total man crush. So the last recommendation today, T-Tide Tidbits, it's another TV show. Well, not so much of a TV show. It's an anime. So you can you might experience it in different ways. This is a series I've been uh, meaning to show more love to, especially after uh, Fatal Blaze, a.k.a. Oolong, referenced it during our Doctor Who Series 9 wrap-up, which was around episode 41. Now, One, one Punch Man is great because it makes fun of kung fu movies, uh, video games, and anime tropes alike. All the cliches and silly things and that stuff. Uh, all things I love. But they, they, you gotta, you know, admit that there's some silly stuff in there. It just kind of makes you facepalm at times. Here's some of my highlights. Uh, there's the notion that being all-powerful would be, in fact, boring. Uh, Saitama, the caped baldy, the main character, is a very reluctant hero. And it's great because he's preoccupied with all kinds of other things like the fact that he, people don't know who he is well he doesn't have a hero name so he has to go you know i'm gonna spoil a little bit of it but he ends up having to go through uh the hero registry and for some reason even though he's clearly the most powerful hero that we've seen on the show so far they only rate him a, a c class but his uh his uh sidekick what's his name gusto no oh, i can't remember the name now the the Cyborg Fire Blaster dude gets an uh, S-Class rating. I guess apparently because he took out an entire building full of bad guys by himself with his OP firebomb. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Saitama is, uh, you know, the one-punch man. He's so preoccupied with stuff. Like, at one point, he's like, no, I screwed up. This is the end. He goes through this whole monologue, you know, his internal monologue, and, he go- and then... You think it's because he's about to lose the fight and he finally met his match. And it's like, nope, I forgot that today is Saturday. He's, he's like, he's like uh, if a week from now is the sale, the big sale here, then that means, and that's Saturday, that means that today is Saturday and I missed the big sale, supermarket sale. And he like, goes down to his knee after defeating an enemy in one punch. And uh, he's like, no. And then his psychic says, don't worry. We get there in four hours, we'll be in just the time for the sale because they close at 10 p.m. I'm like, yes. I wonder, well, I got to talk to some of my friends in Japan. I wonder what times stores typically close out there. That's always been a sore point for me, like stores closing like at 5 or 6. Like, why? I'm a night owl. What about us night owls that don't do things during the day? Uh, what about us vampires? Anyway, the he's just so preoccupied and so nonchalant and not fully invested, at least at the beginning of the show. I don't want it to get too deep into what happens later on. Um, and you would think that the gimmick of him defeating enemies one punch would get old quick, but nope, nope. There's still plenty of things to to enjoy. There's some good plot development. Now it doesn't take itself too seriously, and yet it does have some good story arcs. It's a great experience. Um, I love how One Punch Man 
cannot stand long-winded people, <laughs> especially the t- the cliche anime long-winded monologue. It happens in video games too. It's like, or just like the typical like villain telling you his his whole master plan, or the hero explaining his backstory. Like, and he goes, One Punch Man goes batty. It drives him batty when he has to listen to long-winded people. His reaction to his, first, his sidekick's first backstory is hilarious. I think that was episode two or three. Oh, it's great. There's some ridiculous enemies and costumes in here. It's just brilliant. Um, there's a part where One Punch Man, Saitama, is uh, battling with a single mosquito. And it's just like it's just one a long battle where he's trying to get this one mosquito. He's he can defeat any any enemy, any foe with one punch. But the the mosquito he just can't catch it. You know he can't get it. And then it bugs to tell you. Living down south, I know it well. Those bugs will get you. Ugh. The gnats and the freaking ticks and the fleas and mosquitoes and all kinds of weird critters. No me gusta. This is really an action-packed anime that does the manga justice. Um, again, it doesn't take itself seriously, but the fighting is satisfying. It's got some good stories. It uh, it's, it's episodic, but then it also brings some stuff episode to episode. Like it has underlying themes and story arcs. You know, check it out. I definitely recommend it. And be ready to laugh tons and possibly be offended a bit, uh, in a good way. <laughs> Put that coffee down. Calling all film fans, want to add a little more fun to your podcast diet? Well, why not listen to the 365 Flicks podcast? We're the lads from Smallville, UK. We love to bring you the latest news, our own special brand of meaningless movie nonsense, as well as a bunch of top fives you really won't care about. I'm Kev. I'm Chris. We're pissy. We're fanboys. We're having another beer. We're the 365 Flicks podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Podomatic, and many, many others. Also look for us on musingsofageek.com and wickedradionetwork.com. Sick of listening to all those overpaid movie critics? Then tune in to the 365 Flicks podcast, your vocal heroes of pissy opinion. So we're about to wrap up the show here, but our final segment of Tea Time today is the gaming verse. Now, some more water. So, over on Horseplay Live, we're doing our 2015 year in review series. I said it was going to be a two-parter, but it's probably going to be a three or four-parter, especially if we get into TVs and shows and TV shows and movies and all that stuff. Um, you know, we've been featuring headlines, video games, and other stuff we find, uh, you know, noteworthy from from uh, yesteryear. Here, I'd like to share some of my favorite games of 2015 and why I think they are worth checking out. So, in no particular order... First game is Downwell, released 2015. Mind you, not all these games released in 2015. It's just games that I had an impact or enjoyed in 2015 or feel that were part of the zeitgeist, at least in my inner circles. Uh, or my circle of friends as a whole. Or in our community as a whole. So anyway, Downwell, uh, it was originally a, a mobile game, but now it's on Steam. And, you know, I think this game gives Krypton a Necrodancer a run for its money. Which is another great game I will talk about in a bit. Uh, it's a it's a great game in both its uh, its roguelike mechanics and its pick up and, and play uh, kind of game style. It's a great palate cleanser and it's always a fun experience. Uh, it's it's amazing how how fun this kind of monochrome game that looks like it would have been something that you played back on uh, Commodore sixty four days maybe 
Maybe. At least NES. It has that, it has like that kind of very classic microcomputer game kind of look, feel to it. And it's a mobile game done right. It's not the usual kind of thing that you'll see on a mobile uh, platform. Uh, if you dig this, I would recommend, I would highly recommend, better yet, Vertical Drop Heroes HD. That's Vertical Drop Heroes HD. And Super House of the Dead Ninjas. Um, what else? Yeah, the beauty... And also, I would say the those games are a little more involved. And the beauty of that one is the fact that it's... You know, I think the the large part of its success is the fact that it's it's simple. The simplicity of it is part of its PO. Another 2050 release that I recommend, Not a Hero, which, by the way, not safe for work. And SFW, this game is uh, comes to us from Devolver, the publisher that brought us Broforce, The Talos Principle, Shadow Warrior, Serious Sam, Halo for Boyfriend, Luftrousers, another great game, Cosmic DJ, and so many other unique, perhaps quirky titles. Um, and, uh, and, and, and this is probably the most irreverent game, because Not a Hero is not for the faint of heart. I mean, boy, there's, it's gory, it's it's fast-paced action, it's a side-scroller, uh, it, it, it's, it's over the top. You can qualify it probably as a shmup, a shoot-em-up, that just went there. You see what I mean when you play? I mean, it's quite visceral and, and offensive at times. And I can't lie, I enjoy it. If you dig this, uh, you can also check out Bleed, They Bleed Pixels, or Wings of V. Uh, there's other like, other games this, that kind of are this this uh, this style. The Bleed is probably the most like this because it keeps up in terms of the what factor. There's definitely moments you'll be like, what? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna take it a little further back here. Borderlands 2, which released 2012, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but. Over three years later, people are still playing this game. I'm coming back to it. I finally got the Game of the Year edition uh, for the PC, uh, thanks to Not Panda, one of our members of the gang, our wonderful community. They gift—he was gifting a bunch of people the copy of the game. Then uh, um, I got the Game of the Year as an add-on. To, it's like fifty, sixty dollars worth of DLC easily. I got it for during the Steam Winter Sale for like eight bucks. It was a no-brainer. The writing in this game is fantastic. Uh, there's some great jokes in there. I mean, the Diamond Unicorn. What? Or Diamond Pony, whatever it was. I, 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 the Claptrap is always hilarious. And you see him through most of the game here. Uh, you know, Handsome Jack, again. He, he's a, a villain that you love. You know, he's one of the best villains. I, in, in the last five years, he's probably the most memorable villains in video games. Um... And if you don't bust out laughing at least once during the playthrough of Borderlands 2, you, you may not have a soul. I'm just going to put that out there. And this next one is a game that I did not know was so such a critical darling. And usually I try to get more niche titles, but apparently this game has... I don't know if it's mainstream, but a lot of people are talking about it. And you know what? It deserves it. And I'm going to go and talk about it. I'm going to join the bandwagon. Axiom Verge, released 2015. It's... Oh, wow. I mean, one person developed this game completely out of his love for Metroid and games like it. But the real feat is that this game is so deep, immersive, and fun. Fantastic experience. I mean, there's so much, you know, there's so much polish in this game. 
Uh, it's it's a true Metroidvania experience. You know, I almost forgot I was not playing Metroid, but at the same time, it stands on its own. It's great. It's got fantastic music. The sound effects are great. A wonderful selection of weapons right from the beginning. The controls are tight. Has full gamepad support. I I'm I'm in love, and I see why people are saying this is an amazing game. I think right now it's at the ten dollar price point on Steam, but really this is a game that if it was fifteen, twenty, hell even thirty dollars, I th- I would say it's worth it just because it's just so good. So if you're not if you're one of those folks that just looks at these kind of pixel games and you're like I'm tired of all this pixel art stuff, this retro style stuff, I'm done with it. Give this game a shot, especially if you love Metroid. It's just so good. And and hopefully this game sells well and the developer in the future gets someone to do maybe a sprite-based version of it, you know, HD graphics, so more people will give it a shot. But it's it's I'd say it's near perfect, as in nothing's perfect, but this is as close to it as, as I could think of in recent times. Axiom Verge, and it's spelled A-X-I-O-M, as in Mary, Verge, V-E-R-G-E. It's a critical darling with good reasons, fantastic. Fantastic. The next game that I'm going to share is one of my personal favorites. And much like Axiom Verge, I would say it's one of the greatest of all time. Um, It has a huge impact. But this one, I don't think people are talking about it much. I haven't heard many people talking about it. I've heard people talk about Donwell and Axiom Verge. But not this one. This is is a Dungeon of of the Endless. Which released in 2014, but it got a major update for free in 2015. And it's had some... Expansions, and they did a up, uh, graphical overhaul for it. You could do as a as a DLC. This game is in a league of its own. I love it. Uh, it may be an acquired taste. I'm, I will say that. So do not let my excitement for it, you know, uh, lead you astray. But I mean, it combines dungeon crawler, RTS, roguelike, action RPG, tower defense, and so much more to great effect. Like, it does all these things very well. But as if that wasn't enough, it supports four-player online co-op. And that changes the experience completely. And it actually does it well. It's easy to find a match and host a match. It's it's a gem in every way. I think everyone should at least explore it. And you can't beat it. At $10 or less for just a base game, there's not much like it. And actually, you really can't compare this game to anything. It's, it's its own thing. It's fantastic. I cannot... Sing praises of this game enough. Dungeon of the Endless. And you know, I have a whole bunch more games. I just realized how long my list is. We're going to go a quick sidebar here in case we don't get to it. But I want to say my ten, my top 10 must plays from 2015. They should probably play this year. Number 1, Dungeon of the Endless. Number 2, Axiom Verge. Number 3, Speedrunners. Spent lots of time playing that game. Such a fun game. It's very much pick up and play. And if you get 4 people, boom. Fast pace, very satisfying, fantastic. Um, Downwell, we've talked about that already. Crypto and Necrodancer, you like rhythm games, uh, you like dungeon crawls, you like roguelikes, boom, Crypto and Necrodancer. Rocket League, at number six. Uh, I don't think it's, I put it up there mainly because a lot of people are talking about it. I think it would go lower. I, I, I even would consider not even putting my top ten. I enjoy it. I see what people are raving about it. But it's not particularly a game. I think it's a game that's fun in small doses. If you play it a lot, I feel like it loses its luster. 
Um, and, I, and another problem with the game is one of those games that it has such a diehard fan base that if you're paying it casually, you're going to be matched up with people that are much better than you because they, they play this game a lot, or maybe this is the only game they play. I can't tell you how many folks on my friends list are constantly playing Rocket League. It's crazy. <clears throat> In fact, I'm going to bump it down. I'm going to bump it down. I'm sorry. I'm going to put that at number 10. Because really, I can't authentically say it's a, it's in number 6. Number 6, I would get the Satellite Rain. If you feel a void from XCOM, and you can't wait for XCOM 2, and maybe you've done everything you can with XCOM, Enemy Within, and Enemy Unknown, you should try Satellite Rain. It's like XCOM and Shadowrun Returns had a baby. The cyberpunk style of it is amazing. The graphics are beautiful for like... I would not expect this much graphical fidelity from a isometric kind of overhead view game that is an XCOM. But the, it has wonderful TNL. The texture and lighting is fantastic. It's got like all these neon signs. You can tell it's like this, this dystopian future, like very cyberpunk kind of feel to it. It's just beautiful. And it plays very well. Um, it's just a wonderful game. Great control scheme. Cool story. I think if you like tactics type kind of games, this is something you need to check out. My only complaint would probably be that the tutorial is a little longer than I like, but it does help you get familiar with all the uh, the uh, mechanics. And uh, another thing that's cool too, it has a checkpoint system. I don't know, I you know, I didn't notice if it had multiplayer. I think it's purely single player, and usually I don't recommend single player games. Quite a few of my these games are actually single player. Axiom Verge, Speed, uh, not Speedrunners, Downwell, Crypto and Necrodancer. Necrodan well, Crypto and Necrodancer has kind of online play, kind of. Um, but Satellite Rain, definitely check that out. The next one is a game that came out in Sound 13, I believe. At number 7, we have Coin Crypt. The premise of this game is that you are a uh, coin mancer that uses coin to do magic. And there's loot masters trying to steal your coins. And you die when you lose all your coins. So it's very interesting. It sounds crazy. It, the, as far as the presentation, it looks like Minecraft meets... Uh, it's like a cel-shaded Minecraft. Let's just say that. And it's got that little kind of isometric view. You do a lot of exploration. You collect coins. You battle. It's like if Yu-Gi-Oh... The battles feel to me like... A, if you were doing Yu-Gi-Oh, like watching the Yu-Gi-Oh anime, but instead of cards, coins. Like I, I get that vibe off of it. It's really, really charming. It's got like a little jazzy music. I enjoy it. Number eight. This is a tough call, but I'm gonna put Full Mojo Rampage just because it was a real surprise. And if you like, uh, again, dungeon crawlers and four-player co-op type of things, like things like Diablo three or Torchlight two, Full Mojo Rampage is up there with those games. But it doesn't take itself seriously. It looks great. It's it's pretty hilarious. It's challenging as heck. I still I think we're still trying to beat the first uh, world in the game, and the world is like a collection of like ten, twelve levels. And uh, it's 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 a fun game. Tons of unlockables, um, epic boss battles, very satisfying looting. Um, it's it's fantastic. Uh, I actually kind of put this on the same level as Rampage Knights. I'm going to put Rampage Knights there on the same level. Because I don't know which one I like better yet. Uh, Rampage Knights I haven't played enough, but it has uh, it's a roguelike procedurally generated level. You notice the theme, I love the roguelikes. 
Um, and it supports up to four players, I think. I've only played two-player online, and it has some crazy boss battles, too. The only thing that I don't like as much, it has some platforming. Not enough, not a lot of it, but enough to worry me what happens down the road. But uh, I think if I play Rampage Mates more, I might end up liking that one more. It reminds me of Castle Crashers, in a way, so check out Rampage Knights. Number 9 is Elite Dangerous, and so number 10 is Rocket League, but let's talk about Elite Dangerous. Um, and I would put it with the Elder Scrolls Online. Now, Elder Scrolls Online is the one I put more time with, spend more time on so far, because that's where my guild is more, most active. But Elite Dangerous is more of what I've wanted all this time. It combines so many things from different franchises uh wing commander privateer comes to mind gratuitous space battles start point gemini um it's I, to me it feels like the game that i hope no man's sky ends up being but less of a sandbox and more structured and it's an mmo so you get to play with other people that's also the dangerous part because it could be a time sink and this this game is very it's almost like eve too it i would say maybe it's like eve if you just focused on one ship instead of a fleet, it was more micro rather than macro. Because Eve feels more like an RTS at times. This is more of an action RPG. Um, I would recommend checking out Spaz, Space Pirates, and Zombies if you like that too. Uh, that kind of space exploration type of thing. Or Gratuitous Space Battles too. Or Armada Online, which may be in development hell, sadly. But um, Elite Dangerous, it's got... Ship customization, it's got exploration, um, you got a master control of your ships, it's got combat, it's got uh, trading, lots of cool stuff in there, and I think it's a very ambitious title. Uh, the Elite Series actually credited it as being one of the first to do, um, to do um, what you call it, um, open worlds. You know, I'm going to change my list. And this game, actually, I would like to put it higher. But I'm kind of focusing on... Uh, and I'm going to change up. I'm going to change up my list. I'm putting... At number... Five, I'm going to go Rainbow Six Siege. I lo- this is my best shooter of the year. So... That's going up there. And at number 11, I'll put Star Wars Battlefront. And then 12, Rocket League. <laughs> you can see my updated uh, list on, uh, on um, what you call it. Can't even think now. Can't even think now. Uh, the show notes, good lord, wow. Anywho. Yeah, Rainbow Six Siege, I, I feel like people are really slamming this game. They're saying it, it's stale. And it lacks content depth. People are complaining because it doesn't have single player. But it's a perfect multiplayer game as far as I'm concerned. It's a, it, uh, people that don't like this game just don't like tactical shooters or Tom Clancy games. That's what I feel. Because it has everything you need for it to have a fantastic fa- multiplayer experience. It's all about teamwork. You got your... your uh, you could do Terrorist Hunt. You could do Situations if you want to do single player. Um, you could do Lone Wolf for Terrorist Hunt if you really want to do single player. You know, I don't think this whole notion that you need a campaign for a game to be complete that really bothers me. Um, and the the multi the main multiplayer mode is uh, you know attack and defend, and you take turns attacking and defending, and that's very satisfying. But if you do terrorist hunt, there's hostage rescue, 
his uh, defense, his attack, um, the classic terrorist hunt where you just kill all the terrorists. Um, and and, and satisfying. There's tons of replay value, lots of unlockables, a um, bunch of different characters you could pick after you unlock them, different weapons. It's a fantastic game. I, I don't know what people have a problem with it. It's my sh- number one shooter, 2015. Um, the other one that I play a lot of as far as a shooter is Star Wars Battlefront. It comes close. I mean, it has or- orchestral music, which is super epic and, epic and gets you into it. And, it's, of course, it's Star Wars, which is great. This is another one people complain about not having a campaign. I just don't get it. The same as like, incomplete. I mean, there's so many gameplay modes to enjoy out, right out of the box. None of, none of them feel tacked on to me. The only complaint I can agree with from reviewers and the community is that there is a lack of weapons. And having, and having a pay-to-win option... With the ultimate weapons is silly. I mean, it's basically one pillow, uh, pistol. Uh, I think it's Han Solo's pistol that defeats everything, trumps everything. Uh, that's the only downside. But there's so many different gameplay modes: heroes versus villain. Uh, you got uh, the squadron, the flight squadron. You got uh, Walker assault. Um, there's a bunch of different things you could do. Um, I, I, admittedly, I haven't been playing it as much. Because if I'm going to do a shooter, my go-to is still Rainbow Six Siege. And the Elder Scrolls Online has been taking up a lot of my time because, you know, I don't want to let my guildies down. Uh, what other games do we have as picks? So those are, that's my top 10 plus. Uh, we talked about Rap- Rampage Knights, which borrows from fa- um, Castle Crashers, Biting of Isaac, Rogue Legacy, and uh, games of the sort. Uh, at first, it looks like it's a cheap kind of Newground-style Flash game. But there's tons of uh, depth there. Um, and this is just another game. Rampage Knights is just another game. I wish I had more friends that that played it or owned it at least. Uh, Gauntlet, Magicka, Full Mojo Rampage, Risk of Rain, Hammer Watch, Wanderlust Rebirth. I'm looking at you. Hey, BFT, what's up? Good evening. It's one in the afternoon. Am I missing something? <laughs> uh, you know, I wanted to put this game... You know, I think I still might put in my top 10. But I guess I can't really say it's a must-play because it's an acquired taste. But for me, it's in my personal top 10, it's in there. It's in there. And it's Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist. I think this is a better launch than Magic Duels because even though Magic Duels is free, to be competitive in it, you pretty much have to spend money. And you're probably going to end up spending way more money, as you do with Magic, in order to be competitive. Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist is a wonderful deck-building game. And if you are a fan... You get to experience all of the battles throughout the entire anime series, all the storylines from original Yu-Gi-Oh to GX to 5Ds to uh, Vexel to what's the latest one? I can't even think now. Um, but anyway, I mean they have all the core, they cover all the core mechanics, the fusion summons, synchro summons, pendulum, pendulums, all that stuff. You know, um, I think it's a $20 game now. Uh, I think they should have it at a 10 to $15 price point at most. So you can attract new players because I think this is a wonderful game as a campaign. is fantastic. And a multiplayer, which I have to do more of, just fantastic. It's probably the best Yu-Gi-Oh! game in the last five years. <laughs> BFT says, yeah, I was watching uh, Awesome Games Done Quick. They're playing Mario Kart now. Not interested in that. <laughs> What have they played so far this uh this week this week? I've missed a lot of it. I've missed pretty much all of it. 
Deckard C in the house. I'm just about to start wrapping up soon here, guys. Starting to get hungry. My stomach is growling. You probably heard it during the show. Uh, but Yu-Gi-Oh! The Legacy of the Duelist. I think it's a game that kind of stuck in there. Didn't get enough coverage. And I can kind of appreciate why Yu-Gi-Oh! Online was shut down. So they could focus more on these games. And this feels like a very complete game. So I'm very eager to have more time. And of course it's one of those things where if I have more friends that play it, I play it more. But I still mostly play online games. I end up playing whatever my friends are playing. That's kind of how it works out. But Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duelist. Probably the most complete Yu-Gi-Oh! game in the past five years. Maybe even a decade. Another game I want to mention is Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm Revolution. Uh, released 2015 on PC. It's released before on 360 and other consoles. This PC port uh, comes very close to the console experience. It has tight, responsive controls, satisfying combo systems, you know, smooth graphics, and you know, the frame rate is just right, and the online play is on point. It is on point. Good matchmaking. I haven't noticed any lag. You know, I'm a little biased. I'm a huge Naruto fan. But bias aside, this is a great fighting game with some really neat features. Honestly, I'd rather play this game over Injustice, Mortal Kombat, um, maybe even Killer Instinct. But again, I might have a little bias there. I think it's a it's a very strong fighting game on its own. Um, the, there's some neat features in there they've thrown in, like the little adventure kind of exploration stuff. And then they have the uh, network clones where you can send out your avatar to train and fight other players online. And, like, you earn unlockables. It's a really cool thing. Um, I would like to see something like the adventure game we saw on the, three, the Xbox 360. A little more on the adventure side. It was still good fighting, you know. But more, like, not so much story-driven. But more, maybe, like, an open-world sandbox-style style thing. Where you could just experience all Naruto. Like, explore that entire world. You know, that'd be awesome. Like, I, I would love to see what that would look like. Oh man, and, and like live up some of the major battles, like maybe call it Naruto Chronicles, Naruto or Naruto Shippuden Chronicles. I covered all those story arcs. Oh man, because apparently now I'm I'm behind. I'm gonna marathon watch it because I'm really sad it's gonna end soon. But apparently they they're, they have a next gen series already out taking place after Naruto, uh, Naruto Shippuden, where everybody's grown up. Spoilers, so that's pretty cool. Um, but tons of replay value here. They have lots of unlockables, gameplay modes, and over a hundred, a hundred playable characters. Man, this is probably my de facto, de facto 3D fighting game right now. I'm gonna say that. Now all we need is a proper Soul Calibur release, and I'll be good on the 3D fighting games. Uh, I got my Steam review in the show notes, and make sure you check out our Steam curator page for uh. The horseplay slash uh, geeky antics group. See, we have in the chat. Uh, BFT says they played Diablo one and two yesterday. That was fun to watch. Oh man! I hope they make highlights. I hope they make highlights. I'd love to watch that. Uh, they did Majora's Mask early this morning. They always do Majora's Mask though. Uh, just finished the Plague Knight DLC for Shovel Knight. Oh, they just finished it. Oh, nice. I haven't played the DLC. Yet. I had to finish Shovel Knight still myself. Maybe that's what we'll do next Retro Friday. Hmm. Video on demand will be available. Yeah, you gotta have the VODs. I only did it last time, so that's cool. Oh, I'm excited for that. That'll be more convenient for me. Maybe we'll feature some of them on our site, embed them, and do a little review. Would you be up for that? You should do that. That should be your thing. 
you should like uh, do short posts on our site where you just embed a video and talk about your favorite parts. That'd be cool. I'll comment the crap out of that, bro. Bring it, boy. Bring it, bro. Honorable mention to Doctor Who The Adventure Games. I hear it's bad, but I just got it. I haven't played it. And, uh, I don't know. It has Amy Pond in it, so there. It's pretty believable, that her digital version. <laughs> well, I think I missed I miss a few games. We talked about Crypto the Necrodancer, which has a huge cult following, apparently. And apparently they also get very creepy and weird about the game. But so that's the problem. There's a thin line between passionate and obsessive. <laughs> uh, my last mention is Hyper Dimension Neptunia Rebirth. I am playing installment one, which was released last year. These are all ports of PlayStation games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they are sometimes published by Sega, but I know they're developed and published by Idea Factory on Steam, if I'm not mistaken. Now, if you love anime, you really need to check out this game. It has all the tropes and charm, beautifully animated cutscenes. Uh, when you're in the actual world, doing your th- in 3D, doing your exploration and battling stuff, it looks beautiful. Um, I'm I'm in love with this series. It's not like groundbreaking, but I just love. I have a soft spot for anime. I mean, I mean every time I see things like Sakura, what is it, Sakura Tale, or Sakura, Sakura Spirit, and all these anime not graphic novels, I'm tempted. But this is a game that lets you actually live out the anime world, and and it's cool. Uh, it reminds me of, like Sonic Adventure or maybe Fantasy Star Online in a way. Um, the battle system is tactics based. You have to move your people into place. And in, in, in the way it controls is almost like Skulls of the Shogun, where you have a circular. It's not tile based, it's circular, and that lets you know how far you can move. It's pretty cool. I like it. Um, but uh, the cool. Another thing I like about this series, the the Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth series is that it makes a lot of references to console gaming, anime series, and other geek culture. So that really get, does it for me. There's um, some TNA for you uh, grown folk out there. <laughs> My only complaint about this game is that the exposition is a bit excessive. And this is why I have a problem with story-driven games because they tend to sacrifice game gameplay and actual fun for the sake of padding cutscenes and all this stuff. But once you get past it, there's actually a lot of a lot of game there. Uh it does play out like a visual novel at parts. And it's fun. I guess it's a good thing. It'd probably be a good game for me to stream. So if you want to see that let me know. Just tweet me at Yogizilla or leave us a comment on YouTube or Facebook, whatever. Geeky antics everywhere. Very easy to Google. Uh, I find the open world exploration and tactics tactics uh style battle system very satisfying. Uh at thirty dollars it may be a bit hard of a pill to swallow. But this is a very robust game, and uh, Idea Factory does a lot of good stuff. They brought us uh, Agarest series, which I really need to play. I have uh, Agarest, uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it, Generations of War Zero. And Agarest 2 just came out, I believe. Um, and that's a little more in the traditional JRPG style. Like I said, this plays more like a Sonic Adventure style kind of game, mixed in with Skulls of the Shogun, maybe Fantasy Star Online. But I like it, it's very charming. So if you've been looking for an anime-style game, that might be it. So, folks, it's that time, and I see some people coming in here. Uh, Burnt Pig, Joe Am Singer, Mr. Sun, what's up, what's up? We are wrapping up. Of course, you can check us out. If you missed the show, you can check us out on YouTube, youtube.com, for geekyantics. 
We're on uh, Time Away Tea Time is on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, all that stuff. Now, while we have no intentions of selling out or getting rich here on the Geeky Anson Geeky Network, there are, you know, costs involved with creating and promoting our content and, and, and helping others. Because that takes time away from, you know, our paid projects. So please consider supporting us whatever way you can. You know, I know a lot of you folks lurk and doing things that are forward-facing or scary, you know, like leaving a comment or sharing. I understand that puts you out there. But if you could just click, maybe like, you know, if you could share, comment, mention, even better. If you could donate, even better. That stuff goes a lot further than you think. And I'm putting the link here in the, the show notes. Bit.ly for says gang tip or details on how you could donate. You can answer that for says donate. And of course, our sponsors can be found, and our heroes can be found at geekyants.net for such sponsors. Um, and like I said, we're we're trying something new. We're sharing our show notes. So it's a way that you could uh, catch up on past episodes and get more conversations going and kind of get a good little overview of the flow of the show and the highlights of it. Um, quick uh, shout-out to particular sponsors and affiliate offers. Unified Combat League, the UCL. You could uh, visit them at geekyantics.net forward slash UCL or twitch.tv forward slash Unified Combat. That's coming soon. This year, 2016, we're going to be doing some cross-channel stream events and promotions, so stay tuned for that. Martin Septic Tank Services of Middle Georgia. Vince Martin is an awesome dude. In our last newsletter, which you should subscribe to by... Um, oh, I should put that link in here too. Newsletter bit.ly forces gang mail and gang is in all caps there we go subscribe to that we introduced Vince Martin he's a great guy really down to earth even if, you don't, if you're not in Georgia even if you don't know someone in Georgia even if you don't need tank services or plumbing or you know you don't need anything home, any homeowner stuff you can go to his page on Facebook Martin Septic Services uh, if you do look at Martin Septic Service Martin Septic Service yeah Come up on Facebook. It's the one in Georgia. It's actually Facebook.com for says Martin Septic Service Georgia because there's another one in Alabama. Go visit them. Give them a like. Memes there. There's uh, DIY stuff, uh, homeowner tips, uh, deals, all kinds of fun stuff. Fun and useful stuff on the channel. Uh, Geekyhats.net for says Martin Septic. And the main website, MartinSepticTanksGA.com. If you want to buy stuff, uh, we recommend Jinx Apparel, old friends of mine. Uh, Geekyantics.net forward slash Jinx. We can get your geek and gamer apparel. Excuse me, guys. I'm like very gassy because apparently I didn't eat anything this morning. I had a small bowl of cereal and my stomach's telling me not enough. I need to get grab something. So if I'm pausing a bit, that's why. A little awkward, I know. Jinx Apparel, yes. Jinx Apparel. Geekyantics.net for us Jinx. Go there. Get your geek and gamer apparel. We'd appreciate it. We only get a small cut of it. But we get to help out you know, too. So it's a win-win-win scenario. And they got some awesome stuff. They even have some Heroes of the Storm apparel. Like pretty much any video game or geeky thing like Doctor Who, D&D. They got a t-shirt for it. If you can think it, they probably have it. If you want discounts on games, go to geekyantics.net for us G2A. There's also details on our... I think I have it up on our on our donate page on how you could join our um, referral t- uh, network for G2A, and you could also earn commissions yourself 
it's a it's a standard sales override type thing. You know, it's a sales network, a commission network, not a pyramid scheme, as some people are so quick to say. This this is how sales work. You have this brands and then many teams and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, that's how it works. And of course, again, our heroes and sponsors can be found at geekyanswers.net forward slash sponsors. I think that's everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let me see what's less left in the. Uh, Delectable, geeky comments. My audio is cracking sporadically. Oh, I don't know. That's weird. Uh, oh, crap. I see what's going on. Is that better? This OBS has been acting funky for me. Uh, but then when I listen to the recording, it's fine, which is really, very strange. So when it crackles like that, it means it disables my mic. So I don't know if it cut off some of that. Uh, so I don't know how much you guys missed, but uh, for all our heroes, our sponsors, our affiliates, and our affiliate offers, Geeky Answer that Netflix has sponsors. Uh, let me see. BFT share something here. When you get a chance, check out this fan edit of Obi-Wan telling Luke about his father. Ooh, okay. I'll check that out. Yeah, it might, it might be time for me to get a new microphone. Might be that time soon, I think. Though this Yeti should be covered under warranty. But I think if I get another mic, it won't be a blue. I'm around. Then I'm going to go XLR this time, so I'm going to have to save up money for the, that. Less headaches. USB is very fickle at times. Because you're uh, subject to the wonderful things that happen with drivers and software. And, and all that stuff. But anyway, folks... Anyway, I think that's, uh, I'm going to put this, uh, uh, what else do we have? I'm going to put you a little image here in our show notes so people can see it later. Uh, Obi-Wan telling Luke about his father. Fan edit. There. No, you can't. I can't justify the Yeti Pro. It's like two hundred bucks for that. Get a regular, uh, a regular USB. I mean, it is convenient because it has the XLR and the USB, so you have that backup. But I think what I would do is I'll keep this Yeti as a backup, and then I'll just go to XLR. And uh, I want to get the Behringer Shark for the on-the-fly compression, and then uh, maybe a little uh, mixing board, little, little mini mixing board. So let's take up that much uh, space. That's what I'm thinking. That is what I'm thinking. Because I'm already halfway set up for that. I got the arm with the XLR cable. And I got stuff, software for that. I think it'll be better. So, we'll see. We shall see. Maybe if the Yeti Pro goes on sale, that'll make it attractive. It'd have to come down to like 100. Because I can get a, a good XLR mic, like a really good XLR mic for 100 or less. There's some fantastic deals for that. Yeti, because, uh, you know, it's a household name. They charge for the price. It's like Apple products. They charge for the brand. They give the, 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 the premium for being popular. But thanks, folks, for tuning in and joining us for Tea Time today. Start at, oh, we're ending just on time. Again, my name is Yomar Lopez, a.k.a. Yogizilla, a.k.a. Yogi. It's been a pleasure having you and chatting with you today. I appreciate you. Don't forget to visit us at our main home, geekyanswers.net, and on Facebook if people are still on Facebook. I know people are moving away from that. 
uh, facebook.com forward slash geeky antics. See you in two weeks, and if not, on some, one of our other shows, including the coming Social Dozen. Make sure you look for that. The Social Dozen. There you go. Take it easy, guys. Peace. We thank you. We thank you for every crumb, biscuit, and cake you bring to the table. Because Doctor Who belongs to all of us. What you bring to the timey-wimey tea time in your live chat participation, comments, likes, shares, tweets, and voicemail, all of it means the world to us. Love, true love, never fails. Do you like it? If you like what we're doing, well, tell us for God's sake. Shout it from the rooftops at geekyantics.net or call it in. 206-415-4987 That's 206-415-4987 That's it. Bless you. So long. And thanks for all the fish. But on, it won't be that long. Just a wee while. Because the timey-wimey tea time will be back. We'll return next Saturday with fresh insights, questions and epiphanies about Doctor Who. And heck yes, everything geek. Maybe same bat time. Absolutely the same bat channel. Every Saturday. Tiny Whiny Tea Time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.